You know, I had this cheer trying to get somebody to make some noise. It's sad. Sickening, really. They have held their own again, and now they're having fun. Gerard, another perfect lob to Sidibe. Just be Alabama. Just be one of the five most tradition-rich programs in the history of the sport with the greatest coach ever. Awesome. I see Buddy throw it up. Oh, okay. Okay, Buddy. Somehow they coached me into doing this. To the rim for Gurrier. Still on his feet. He's going to go all the way. It's a touchdown. Taj Harris, Culpepper found him with a beauty. 69 yards. Nice. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you up until 2 o'clock as we welcome you into a Friday edition of Orange Nation. Just one guest lined up for you. We've got Trevor Haas set to join us from Boston.com at 1230 as we preview the ACC opener for the Orange. Syracuse and Boston College tomorrow, 1 o'clock in Chestnut Hill. We'll get to uh, my interview from earlier earlier in the week with uh, Jerry McNamara at some point during the program. No Steve Andrus today from Radio.com Sports. He's got one of the better excuses, Seth, why he did not answer yesterday when we called. Um, his wife went into labor. They rushed to the hospital, and he didn't get the, uh, the messages reason. until after the show. So that is a, a fantastic reason. So no Steve Andrus today. You're on your own for your fantasy football advice as we get set for week 14 of the season. We doesn't do matter uh, have for to me, start Steve. Seth. doesn't matter It doesn't matter for you. No. I, I, I can be on I, my own. I don't need any help. I was thinking that, but I didn't, I didn't want to call you out uh, on the air. But since you called out yourself, uh, that's true. It doesn't matter for you. Uh, I'm off to a good start. I had Rams defense last night, so uh, I feel pretty good about my chances here in, in week one of the playoffs. Uh, we'll get into to college basketball here coming up in a moment, but we have to start with some high school news that literally just came down within the last couple of minutes as we were hitting the air. Uh, high schools across New York State being notified as we speak that there will be no winter sports championships, so essentially no postseason, at least from the the state perspective, for any winter sport uh, at the high school level. The high-risk sports, so that includes the likes of basketball, hockey, wrestling, volleyball, so on and so forth, high-risk sports will be postponed until further notice. So there was that January 4th start date. They kept pushing back the start date, Seth, from mid-November to late November, then it was December, now it's been January 4th. That is off the table. So high-risk winter sports will be postponed until further notice, until the the Governor Cuomo's office is able to authorize it, which, again, the way things are looking, obviously, you know, high-risk sports are in a lot of trouble this winter. I can't imagine they're going to play, you know, basketball, volleyball, wrestling, so on and so forth at the high school level. But that has been postponed uh, until further notice. Uh, The low- and moderate-risk sports, so a sport like bowling, for instance, uh, they can continue to play regular season games as of right now. So that is the update that that literally just came down. I know we don't talk a lot of high school on the show, Seth, but this is something that affects a lot of people. A lot of people listening have kids in, in high school. You know, my daughter's a senior. My son's a freshman. Uh, so I get it. A lot of people concerned about this. Um, and, and it doesn't surprise me that, that the high-risk sports are off the table until further notice. No, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Remember, we talked to, to Buddy Wilklensky, what, a, a month ago now? Uh, a month and a half ago? And, you know, asked him about how to play these sports. It might have been even longer. I think we were talking to him about football, um, you know, and, and how you can play these sports. How can you do it? Um, and, you know, I think that the, there's a, a real good point to be made 
that, you know, at least in college, whether, whether you think that college basketball and college football and college whatever should be playing or not, at least in college they've got the resources to test these kids, uh, you know, multiple times a week. In the ACC, it's it's three times a week. Some, uh, you know, may, maybe more in some cases. In the NBA, they've got the resources to test them every day. Uh, same with Major League Baseball, and that's what they've been doing. In high school, you just don't have those resources. I mean, you, you don't have the resources to, you know, for a public school system to get enough tests to go and test all of their athletes enough time to to really make you think it's safe to play. And if you don't know it's safe, um, well, you might as well just keep it, you know, be, play on the safer side and, you know, just be careful. Yeah, and it again, it, testing is the key. And that's what we're seeing at the Division three level, for instance, uh, you know, uh, the junior college level, OCC just yeah. recently said that, that winter sports are off the table. Division three, they've canceled winter sports. The Ivy League uh, canceled uh, winter sports. It, it all comes down to testing. And and that's really, you know, there's there's a debate and we were talking about it on the show yesterday. We'll probably talk about it on the show today as, as Coach K has kind of fired back uh, to Nate Oates' comments about, uh, you know, whether or not they should be playing games right now. Um you know, I, I understand that there are, are two sides of this, and, and it's, you know, there are major Division One college basketball programs talking about the best way to do it. They're testing three times a week. Um, obviously, they can't do that at the high school level. They're not doing it at the, the Division Three level, the junior college level, because of cost and whatnot. And it's just, it's not safe to play um, if you can't test. And and so, obviously, at the high school level, they they can't test. I mean, high schools can't afford to do what, you know, major no. Division One football and basketball programs are doing. So, again, makes a lot of sense. Uh, they, they kept delaying the inevitable, and I think they just got to the point that with cases rising, it's almost the holidays. It was one of those things that New York State said, you know what, um, we'll just let the governor's office handle this. We'll, we'll stop putting these plans into effect. And when the governor's office tells us it's okay, then we'll go back to playing, you know, high-risk sports. But right now, um, you know, there, there's, there's no sign of that. And, again, don't forget, football is supposed to be played in April – as of right now. So this isn't just winter sports that are on pause until further notice. This is all high risk sports. So football would be thrown into that high school football uh, would be thrown into that uh, as well. So again, just wanted to get that uh, out in the open, Seth, Uh, any further comment on that before we move on? No, I just, I think it makes sense. I think that that's the way that we're heading. Um, I don't know if we're heading there in college athletics. I don't know if we're heading there in professional athletics because there's so much money to be made. Um, but it feels like that that is a sign of things to come in in some regards, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, listen, things are moving in the wrong direction currently. Uh, on, you know, and I know there's a vaccine out there, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But the numbers right now are moving in the wrong direction. So again, I think this is a move that that certainly had to be made uh, at the high school level. All right, let's let's get into SU basketball and the ACC opener tomorrow. A lot of banter, a lot of conversation over the course of the last week, week and a half since Buddy's been out about what to do when Buddy comes back. Uh, Buddy is back. Buddy was at practice yesterday. He's going to be at practice again today. He's going to be on the court tomorrow. Buddy is back. So what to do? Uh, in the three games that he missed, Kadari Richmond came on and he was terrific. And he scored essentially 10 points a game. And in those three games, he had 19 assists. And in those three games, he had 17 rebounds. And he stuffed the stash. He had a whole lot of steals as well. And he was fantastic. And Joe Girard was not fantastic. Had the one good game against Ryder where he couldn't miss, made six threes. And outside of that, he has struggled. And so there's been a lot of conversation about what does Jim Beheim do? And last night, to some degree, Seth, we got Jim Beheim's answer. Kadari's really good. He'll be really good coming off the bench. 
he gets tired after six, seven minutes. He'll admit that he's not quite ready, but he's playing well and he can give us 15, 20 minutes off the bench. Uh, that'll really help our team. So there you go. You wanted a plan. That's the plan as of right now, according to Jim Beheim last night uh, with, uh, with Matt Park on the Jim Beheim show. Not surprised. I mean, are you? That that reaction doesn't no. surprise me. No, I mean we we talked about this during the week. We talked about this, you know, last week as well. You know, after after we saw what what Joe did and and what Kadari did in that first start. Um, no, it it doesn't surprise me. I think you you look at this and you say, um, you know, it's it's hard. You can't deny what Joe did last year. You can't deny the goodwill that Joe built up given his performance last year. And, you know, it's there. It's on the table. Yes, he's struggled this year. Yes, he's looked pretty bad uh, at times, not just shooting the ball, but in other aspects of the game, which I think is the more concerning part. He's looked bad in the other aspects of it. You know, defense, uh, you know, getting after loose balls, whatever it might be. But he's still built up goodwill from last year. He wasn't going to lose his starting spot. That doesn't mean he's going to continue to play 35 minutes now that Buddy's back. But, you know, first it starts with Kadari, um, you know, playing 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes off the bench. Um, you know, then maybe it, it leads to Kadari playing more than Joe off the bench. And then, you know, maybe at some point you'll see that he starts. We know this with Jim Beheim. It doesn't really matter who starts, right? I mean, over the years, how many times have we seen that guy come off the bench and be a bigger piece than whoever's starting. Um, you know, I, I think one of them, you know, one of the most most recent might be Tyler Lydon on the Final Four team. Um, I know everybody goes back to Dion. Um, you know, you can go to James Sutherland on the 2013 Final Four team. You don't have to start to be a big piece on, of the team here, and and I think that that might be what we see with Kadari this year. Yeah, we talked about that on the show yesterday when Pat called in. We talked about that uh, about the you know if we see the same scenario from the Rutgers game play out in the BC game where it's tied with five minutes to go. What does coach Bayheim do? Who's what's the lineup that he trusts? Um, and and I, I'm going to be interested to see the next time that Syracuse is in a nip and tuck game with a handful of minutes left. Who's out there. And, and my guess is it's going to be Joe for the time being, but does Kadari eventually overtake him? And does Kadari eventually work his way, you know, into that crunch time lineup? Um, I'm not surprised Coach Bam said what he said. I'm, I'm certainly not surprised that, that that that's the plan to bring Kadari off the bench. I'm not surprised by that at all. I was I was a little surprised that he put a number on his minutes um, because it, I get the feeling that for Coach Bayheim, it's you know he knows that it's up to him and it's not really up to the fans at all. And so I, I am surprised that he put a number on it. Um, but I, I'm glad he did because now that gives us something to uh, expect, I guess, going into that game tomorrow that he said 15 or 20. Where do those minutes come from? You know, maybe three to five for when Buddy's on the bench and the other, you know, 15 to 18, you know, might come from from Joe. I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out, but that's that's my expectation is that, you know, Joe's still going to get 25 to 30. Buddy's still going to – well, again, Buddy's coming back from being quarantined, so I, I don't know. It's not like he had COVID, so, again, we have to take that into account that it's it's not like he's trying to work his way back into shape following that, but he's not been running up and down with his teammates. He's obviously been working out, but he's – you know, so he, he might need more of a breather tomorrow than normal after coming back from quarantine. Yeah, so I asked Jim Beheim about that yesterday morning. Uh, that was one of the things I asked him when, uh, you know, I spoke with him for Brent in, in the morning. Uh, 
And he, he didn't seem to think like, you know, he, he didn't seem to think that he'll be necessarily in a better place than he was coming out of the last quarantine, um, which I thought was interesting. I, the reason I ask is because at least this time he had a court, right? Like this time he could go yeah. shoot. And so I thought, you know, oh, maybe he's able to stay in shape better. Maybe he's able to, you know, keep his shot a little sharper. Uh, Jim didn't seem to think that was going to be a thing. So um, I'm curious to see what buddy is coming back also and and maybe that minute distribution is a little bit off tomorrow but then you're going to get a week of practice and you're going to play another game next weekend and I would imagine that by that point you're probably pretty well set in in how you'll do minutes wise like you'll probably feel a little better after getting a game and five more days of practicing I I did not hear the interview yesterday that you did with coach Beheim. so when you say that he didn't think that was going to be a thing what do you mean by that? He he he, he, he thought he was going to be fine coming no, back. No, 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 or he, no. He, he, no, he th- he's still got to work his way back into into shape. Yeah, he thought he's going to have to work his way back in a little bit. He, he's going to be rusty. You know, there there's a lot of well, layoff. That makes and, sense, right? Yeah. And and he makes a he makes a valid point that you know essentially Buddy came out of out of quarantine for the day before the Bryant game, right? That's Thanksgiving Day, and then the Bryant game, and then had to go right back into quarantine. So you're talking about yeah. what twenty eight of the last thirty days? Yeah, where you're right. where yeah. where you know he's been you know quarantined, and yes, this time he at least had a gym, he had a basketball hoop that he could go shoot on, but it's it's still not the same, and he's still got to get his feet under him. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So that is something to keep in mind uh, for tomorrow. Um, but that's the plan as it stands right now, and plans change. So we'll see how it all plays out from here. But, uh, again, expect uh, Kadari to come off the bench, and, and Coach says he's going to play about 15, 20 minutes. Or at least that's the expectation at this point. 315-437-7644. Again, we've got Trevor Haas from Boston.com set to join us at 1230 as we preview Syracuse and BC. Phone lines are open if you want to check in. We've got to take our first time out. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of the show underway on ESPN Radio. We're brought to you by Route 34. You pull them, 315-437-7644. We'll kick off hour number two by going back to the phone lines. John in Liverpool up next on the show. Hey, John. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Okay, I'm sorry. I called in a few days ago when you guys were talking about the uh, big guys down low, the possible rotation, and then uh, today we're talking about Joe Girard again. So anyways, this is all great conversation. It's all table talk, obviously. It's fun to listen. It's fun to talk about. I'm not going to throw Girard under the bus. He's had a rough start to the year. The kid played great last year. He came out of, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. He's not a big high-profile player. But anyways... It's going to make the team better. There's a little struggles right now. Having Richmond play is going to make the team better. When Buddy comes back, it's going to make the team better. Just like the Citibay injury is going to make the team better. So we've only played four games. It's early. Uh, my only concern is about Gerard. Is okay, he's not playing well. He's missing a lot of shots. He's not playing defense. It looks like he doesn't care. What is the team's practice schedule? Are they practicing the same? My first question would be, is Joe Girard in his great, perfect, the way he wants to be, basketball shape? Is he in shape? Is that why he's missing shots? Is that why he's not playing defense? You understand what I'm trying to say? It's just I, there's so many variables involved, so we've got to give the kid a break. It's early. Uh, first year in college, he snuck up on a lot of people, you know, 
here's the highest score of what New York State basketball. Okay, he's a little. He's not yeah. a. He's not your pro tip, pro tip, uh, college basketball player. He's shorter. You know, he's a little stockier. He's not playing alongside Buddy Bingham. You guys already talked about that. He might be a little bit uncomfortable being the guy that's got to make all the shots right now. So, anyways, I'm going to hang up and listen. Those are just my quick comments. I think the kid's going to have a great year. This might take a little longer this year. It did last year. Thank you. Appreciate checking in, John. Uh, appreciate checking in. And, and yeah, I mean, there are many factors, right? I mean, one thing that we haven't talked about, and John kind of alluded to it there, he's put on weight. I mean, he put on 15, 20 pounds in the offseason on purpose. Um, but is that is he is he not comfortable at that weight right now? Right. I mean, it, the the practice schedule um, while they are practicing, um, obviously, they're, they're doing so differently. They did. They did it differently leading up to the first game. And then, of course, they had the two week pause. But again, they're trying to remain as socially distant as possible. They weren't scrimmaging as much in practice. They were doing more individual drills during the offseason and, and during the preseason. We know all this. Um you know, the no-buddy thing that we talked about. Buddy's been out the last three games. Mike Waters discussed that last night. There are a lot of potential reasons, potential factors. I don't know how much each is playing into this. Maybe they're all playing into this to some degree, Seth. Um, but it is four games. It's not 20 games. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we'll know what happens before 20 games, right? I mean, right. Not, this isn't going to go on for 20 games. No, and, and I don't think We're that they'll... We're going to see over the course of the next couple of weeks how this plays out. Yeah. Right. They won't allow it to get to the point where we figure out what That's this is going to over the last, over 20 games. Um, you know, like you said, like John said, it's four games, and there's a myriad of factors, and I think that you're right. We don't know how much any of them are impacting it. Uh, you know, the fact remains that other players have made it through these factors and been playing well. Marek, Quincy, uh, Alan Griffin, uh, Kadari, Woody, uh, you know, the, these guys have been playing well, even going through all the same factors as Joe. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there are factors that you look at and say that's why he's not performing. Again, you're bringing Buddy Beheim back. You've got your starting backcourt. See what happens. Continue to play Kadari Richmond, who benefited by having Buddy out, right? Like in a weird way. Kadari Richmond benefited greatly from having Buddy Beheim, his teammate, out in contact tracing. So let's see what Buddy and Joe can do. Let's see what Buddy and Kadari can do. See how it looks. They're all going to play. They're all going to get minutes. And you know what? It'll work itself out. And to your point, Steve, I think it'll work itself out in the next couple of weeks and not in the next month and a half. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at this like we're not going to be talking about this on um, – I can't imagine we're talking about this same discussion on February 1st, right? Like we're probably like, like, may, like, <laughs> are we, are we maybe having this discussion when we come back from the new year? Maybe, maybe. Well, I, I said this to you jokingly the other day and I it kind of half jokingly, maybe that I said, we're going to be talking about this for the next three years. Um, well, I mean, we, again, I mean, we to this, this extent, I mean, for- I right. mean, to the extent we of Kadari has not started yet. Again with Joe. Yeah. Right. No, but right. I, this is going to play out one way or the other. Yes, I would agree with that. But I think this discussion is probably not going away. And, and to that point, you know, you think about what we've seen over the course of these four games and all the different takeaways, right? I mean, we've seen Quincy add to his game. He's got, you know, the three-point shot in his repertoire now. He's, he's looked good. Uh, coming back from that groin injury, and he says he's only 90%, and, and he's been impressive. And Alan Griffin, the transfer, has lived up to the hype. And 
you know, Woody Newton off the bench the last couple of games providing a spark. And Kadari Richmond showing that, you know, he's a, a dynamic guard. There's so many things to talk about. And yet for the last week, and I, I understand it, but the, the talk has just been dominated by this one discussion and this one debate and this one topic. And there are other things going on with this with this basketball team. I guess it shouldn't surprise me, though. No. I, I mean, look, you had a chance to go get a nice quality win on the road. Um, you you have a nice uh, you had a chance to get a, a win over a quality opponent and throw a win on your resume that was going to be quadrant one probably no matter how the rest of the season played out if you are looking forward to NCAA tournament things and you didn't get that and part of it is largely maybe part of it is because of what Joe did at the end of the game but you know you're you're gonna have other chances you play in the ACC you're not you know um you know you're not an A10 team. That's looking for an at-large bid, and that was your one chance to get a quadrant one win on the road. You'll have chances. You'll have opportunities. Um, they've won the games that they were supposed to win so far. They've lost the game that, you know, if you looked at, they were supposed to lose, air quotes, even as close as they were. And so I don't think anything that's happened so far is going to hurt you in the long run. It's all about going forward now. Now, if they lose uh, a game against a Boston College because of moves that they, you know, should have made that they aren't, well, then... Then that's a you know that that becomes a question for for the end of the season. But until until we see some of that, until we see that these decisions are actually hurting them, um, you know, resume wise, big picture wise, I don't think that's happened yet. I literally was just going to say the same thing. You you took the words literally right out of my mouth about that loss isn't going to hurt you. I mean, it it would have helped you certainly uh, to get a quad one win this early in the season, but that loss isn't going to hurt you. Um, and to your point, you brought this up. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but you brought up the fact that um, that Syracuse only plays is it one opponent outside of the top 100 in yes. ACC play? Current outside of um, the top 100 in Kempom right now, um, in general. I mean, not just in ACC right. play. You know, they they don't play bad opponents from here on out. Right. Okay. So uh, to to that point, if you lose a game on the road, that's that's it's not going to hurt you. Um, but you you want to rack up as many road wins as you, you want to rack up as many wins period as you can. It would have been nice to have you didn't get it. Um, but to your point, you'll have other opportunities. We've we've spent so much time this last week, week and a half, two weeks talking about Joe Girard and Kadari and and how the, the minutes are going to be distributed, so on and so forth. Anything else you want to get to right now? But and we'll we'll get to my Jerry McNamara interview coming up in the next segment. So we've got a couple of minutes here. Anything else you're looking forward to? from this game tomorrow, anything you're keeping your eye on. I know we're all going to be curious about Kadari's minutes, me included, anything else that you want to see tomorrow? Well, buddy, I mean, buddy is, is the next one, right? I mean, that's the place that I go because for now, I think I'm, I know what I'm getting out of Quincy. And after hearing Trevor Haas say that, you know, Boston college interior defense is not good. Like Quincy, will just go to work. I'd imagine. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm looking to see what, what you get out of buddy. You're, you're talking about a guy who's now been quarantined twice in the last month who, you know, the first time had no gym time. This time had, you know, a half court in his house where he could at least get his shots up. Um, what does Buddy Beheim look like? What is Buddy Beheim able to give you? And how much of Buddy, uh, of himself does Buddy look like? I think that's an important factor, not just for tomorrow's game, but for moving forward. Um, luckily, you have a week off in between games, right? You have a week off between this BC game and your Buffalo game next weekend. 
But you know what? What is Buddy? What is the starting point of where Buddy is going into this run? What is the starting point of where he's at conditioning wise and play wise? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, I, I'm I'm right there with you on that. Um, I'm curious how many guys see time tomorrow. I assume Woody Newton has has earned himself some minutes. Um, you know, we know that. So I mean, that's at least seven, right? Kadari. I think we're going to see Woody. Are we going to see another big guy off the bench? Are we going to see John Bull? At, at some point, even if just for a handful of minutes. Uh, curious to see that as well. All right, let's take a time out here. When we return, we'll get to my interview from Jerry McNamara from earlier in the week, the one we did for the television uh, version of Orange Nation. That's next on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. All right, Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're inching closer to the weekend, Seth. Got about 20 minutes left uh, in We're the show. There. Time to get to our, our weekly pick segment. Um, I've I've come on strong the last couple of weeks. I've made it interesting. You uh, have. What, am I down by a game and a half? Yeah, you're down a game and a half right now. Okay, well, let's see if we can uh, pull ahead this weekend. Um, some of that depends on how many games we have different. But So instead of... Uh, you know, Bills, Giants, SU football and two wild cards. We're going to do Bills, Giants, SU basketball and two wild cards. So where do you want to start? Uh, why don't we do the football ones first and then we'll get to the, the basketball at the end. All right. Okay. So Bills, uh, a point and a half favorite against the Steelers Sunday night in uh, in Orchard Park. I'm going with Buffalo. I think the Steelers are are largely overrated due to their uh, due to the zero that they hung on to for so long in the loss column. I, I don't think they're as good as the typical team that went undefeated through 10, 11 weeks. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, Tredavious White will be able to lock down one side and one of those uh, weapons, and it'll just be a little too much defensively um, for Pittsburgh. So I, I think that the Bills are going to cover that one. I, I realize as we started this conversation that we never did top and bottom five this week uh, because Syracuse played on Tuesday, we talked about that game on Wednesday. Then there was a you know a, a late NFL game as well, and we kind of got off track. Hypothetically, well, it doesn't have to be hypothetically. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Uh, in your top five, are the Bills ahead of the Steelers? They would be, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I, it's a, a, a long way for, you know, around what I'm trying to say, which is I'm going to take the take the Bills as well. I, I think they're the better. I do think they're the better team. I know they don't have the better record. They certainly look better last week. Um, well, so I'll I take think, the Bills as well. I think that they've just generally looked better all season. Like you know, I, th- I think that the Steelers have only had well, so I many. Don't know about that. I, don't, I don't. I think that the Steelers have only had so many games where you really loved what they looked like. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. I don't. I don't know that the Steelers like like the Steelers never wowed me in a way that like typically those teams do. Well, the Bills apparently didn't wow you either because you didn't have them in the top five last week. So I don't know. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I don't know if I believe you're skeptical. You, but in any event. We've both got the Bills. All right, your Giants, your first place New York football Giants, uh, at home, two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Cardinals. I'm taking the Giants in this one. The Cardinals have been uh, really bad recently, really bad. Um, they, they've lost four of their last five games, while the Giants have won their last four. Uh, you, you factor in also the Cardinals coming east for a 1 o'clock game, and I think they'll be a little sluggish. So uh, give me the Giants plus the two-and-a-half. Okay, good. We're going to have one different then. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Cardinals here. I, simply because I think they're the better football team. And I know the Giants are in first place. 
They seem to be hot, but are they really able to string together this many good performances in a row? I'm I'm skeptical of that. Um, you're skeptical of the Bills. I'm skeptical of the Giants. Uh, so I'll I'll take the Cardinals in this one. Steve, um, you hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. You will love the text that I just got. <laughs> okay, from from your colleague Mario Sacco, <laughs> who, who texts me and just said you're overrated. <laughs> noted Mario Steelers, Sacco, a no, no, noted Steelers, Steelers fan. fan. Yes, from PA. All right. Um, so we got two in the books. We disagree on one of them. That's good for me. As long as the Cardinals win. Uh, where do you want to go with your first wild card? Uh, I'm going to uh, Kansas City and Miami. Kansas City only a seven-point favorite over the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are good, better than they have been. I don't think they're that good. Um, and so as long as the Kansas City Chiefs don't, like, mess around and do something wrong or, you know, maybe challenge a touchdown that should have been a touchdown, I think they'll win this one by more than a touchdown. So this is the third week in a row during this segment that the words Miami is a good team have come out of somebody's mouth. It was Tommy a couple weeks ago. It was Jordan last week. And now you that I think Miami's good. Everybody's pumped no, up about Miami. I think that, they're look, I well. don't, I, they're, I play, they're good this year, but they're not like, wow. They're not. Oh my God. Wow. Good. No, I don't know that they are either. We'll see. We'll see. I, yeah. They're, listen, they're hot right now. I, I don't know if they're playoff good. Uh, for my first pick, my wild card pick, I'll go to uh, Chargers Falcons. Uh, as our producer Jordan told me during the show, uh, he knows I've got Julio Jones on my fantasy team. No Julio Jones this weekend uh, for the Falcons. Chargers are two and a half point underdogs at home against the Falcons. No Julio Jones. Give me the Chargers. Oh, is Julio Jones what did it? It's not just the Falcons' general incompetence. Well, I, I'm not sure the Chargers are all that competent either, but yes, it was the Julio Jones that put me over the top with that one. I guess, I guess last we saw the Chargers, they did lose 45 to nothing to uh, to the Patriots, so that's fair. Uh, my my next wild card, I'm going to Las Vegas and Indianapolis. The Raiders are three point underdogs. I'm going to take the Raiders. I think they're just better than the Colts. Uh, for my second. And final football wild card pick. Um, I turned this over to to CBW and our our chat on Twitch on Q Sports Talk um, it, a couple times during the show. He referenced he really likes Army uh, favored by a touchdown, and so I'm I'm gonna go with him. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll believe in CBW. Um, I've been giving my picks away little by little over the course of the last several weeks because I've been struggling, but we've turned things around. Um, so I'm, I'm going with CBW on this one. I'll take army, uh, to cover favored by a touchdown. So Steve, my third football wild card was actually to take Navy to cover. Um, just cause, uh, just cause throw out the records when army and Navy get together, throw right? Out the records. Throw out the records. That would have been nice. To, that would have been nice to go head to head on that one, but we made the decision just to go with uh, four football picks and a basketball. One. I didn't feel particularly good about it. So that was an easy one to cross off the list. Okay, so that leaves us with Syracuse, BC. We've seen a three-point spread, and we've seen a four-point spread. Uh, we're, since the website that we use for all these other uh, lines has four, we'll say Syracuse favored by four on the road at Boston College. I'm taking Syracuse. Uh, I just I think they're better. Um, you know, like Boston College is one of those teams in the bottom five or so of the ACC, whereas I think Syracuse is firmly in that middle five. So I, I think that this is a team that, you know, if you're Syracuse and you're really a top five, six, seven team in the ACC, uh, you win this game and you win it by more than four points, even if it's on the road. So I'll take the orange. 
Yeah, BC's been an impressive one and four, if you can be an impressive one and four. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I think Syracuse is is the better team. They're getting Buddy back. We don't know how many minutes he's going to play. But, again, my guess is he's going to play a lot, uh, even though he's coming back from the quarantine situation. Uh, I think Syracuse uh, gets it done. And, and yeah, I think they, they cover the four points. Uh, with that, we will take our final time out on the show. Still time for a quick phone call or two if you want to check in at 315-437-7644. We'll wrap up the show, wrap up the week right after this on ESPN Radio.